Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Leon Fontaine. Leon is senior pastor of Springs Church with locations across Canada. He's also been Miracle Channel's CEO since 2010. Leon's teaching will help you develop your own personal relationship with Jesus and walk in his promises. You can watch his program, Leon Fontaine, The Spirit Contemporary Life, weekdays on Miracle Channel. And now, Leon Fontaine will discuss destiny and will answer the age-old question of, what is my calling? Let's dive into the message. Today I am really excited to be talking about how we as spirit contemporary believers can interpret and live out our dreams. By dreams, I am not talking about some mystical crystal ball, fate, or prophecy. I'm talking about the dreams, desires, and strengths God has placed in your innermost being. Why is it important that we understand our dreams? Because God has laid out a path for all of us. Again, I am not talking about a fixed moment in time where you're going to die. But God works all things together for his people. His plan is the best plan. It will be better than anything you could ever think ask for or imagine. So take notes on today's teaching and think about your own dreams as we all pursue the spirit contemporary life together. Let's talk about some of the things that everybody needs to focus on with a dream. When you ask your people, what's your dream? You know what they'll say? They'll talk about their career. I have a dream to raise up a multi-billion dollar company. Okay. I have a dream to be the Canadian Idol. I have a dream to be the next Joyce Myers. I have a dream. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Cool. Now I can show you a lot of people who sacrificed a lot of friends, family, wife, kids, health on the way to some career dream. Yes, a career can be one of your dreams. But what does the Bible talk about when it comes to God's promises for you? What about the dream of knowing God in a beautiful way? The Apostle Paul in one of his letters wrote, Oh, that I could know him. He had a desire to know Jesus. You need to pursue a desire. You need to have a desire for you knowing God. You need to begin to recognize it sitting down in an armchair with a Bible and just sensing him talking to you and speaking to you through the word and finding times. Maybe you go for a walk. Maybe you're a nature lover or, or, or just a quiet time parked in your car at a coffee break just saying, God, it's me. You need to begin to dream that you and God can be so close that you'll sense and know his call on you. John chapter 10 verses 1 to 10 says that my sheep know my voice and I lead them and call them by name. You know how well I want to I want to hear God his audible voice. Well, very few people ever hear it and, and I and I sometimes question the ones who think they have. Because the Bible says God speaks to us on the inner man. 
and that he reveals himself to us in our heart. And so I would much rather sense and know him here than to see his working on the outside somewhere. I love the fact that God's doing things on the outside, but I want to know him in here. There's a dream you need to pursue of knowing God like the Apostle Paul talked about. And then just spend time with him. Don't get weird. Don't get wacky. What about the dream for your marriage? You know, every little girl has a dream of her wedding, a dream of meeting this man that's going to change her world. Then somewhere after so many years, it just becomes the old man in the front room with the remote control. What about the dream for your marriage? Did, did you let it go through the, you know, it's one thing to have a dream when you're 19 and looking good, but after two or three children and sleepless nights and, and failed careers and, and understanding the misbeliefs you each have and having to fight things out and deal with things, have you let the dream go of a great marriage? In fact, if you don't get that dream back, your dream of a great career will even toast your marriage quicker. Because you find greater enjoyment at the career side than in your home side. So maybe we should have a dream for our marriage and relive it. Wake it up. Maybe you're here and you are single. And you've, you've lost, you begin to worry about this dream. You just, about Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. Don't listen to all the naysayers and all the people. There's no good men out there. There's no good. Oh, baloney. Out of seven billion people. Come on, it won't be a problem. You and God just get back to it. Believe God. Watch what he does. And let's begin to believe again. What about a dream for your kids? Are your kids just, you know, you know little ankle biters roaming around the house you're vaguely aware of? Or do you have a dream of a family laughing, loving, you know, don't control them. Control is not God. Control is witchcraft. So parents should never control kids. Never. Those are gods. But if you can feed a dream into them of having great marriages and homes and finances, knowing God and being a part of a great church, these dreams must be taught to our children. These dreams may have never been taught to you. And you're sitting here just thinking that life is something that you get through. I hear that all the time. Life is something you just don't know what's going to happen, so you just endure and try to get through. I understand you can't control all the things that happen to you, but did you know you can control a lot of them that do? Not everything. But the Bible's very clear that the beliefs of our heart are connecting the dots to our future. You know that God has a plan for your family to the thousandth generation, and today we're having a hard time getting a family to a second or third generation. And by then it's almost spun apart, and brothers and sisters can't stand themselves, no one can stand their parents, no one wants to hang out together, and you wonder what's going on. Get back to the dream of a family and how to do that. Get back to the dreams that are all written through. We're all looking at a, some kind of great career dream. That's one of them. But I believe that it has destroyed the dreams through the promises of God's word of health. Maybe you're here and you've struggled with health issues. And you can't seem to get healed. You can't seem to get better. And so now you're reading on books on 25 reasons why people don't get healed. And you're listening to everybody out there as to why everyone's healing is not for everybody. You know, there's a promise of healing. Wake that dream back up and dream again of walking healthy, having energy, that, you know, that these growths are gone. Believe God. Don't let the dream die for health. When you let the dream die, you're never going to believe for it. And so these dreams that God's placed within us are embedded in his word and the promises. And those promises need to be hung on to so that what you're looking forward to is, is awesome. Some of our, our grandpas and grandmas here today and older folks 
You know, I didn't say old, I said older folks. There's no such thing as retirement with God. If you're breathing, God has a dream. If you're not breathing, well, that's another service. But if you're breathing, God's got a dream. And maybe you need to get back to finding that dream and reading his word. A local church is a dream that Jesus said to us. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell aren't going to stop it. Is that dream ignited inside of you? Or are you just kind of a casual shopper? You know, I'm going to come to church as long as they preach on what I want. Let me do what I want to do. And if I disagree with one thing from that pastor, I'm out of here. You know, that's the way you treat your marriages and your families and friendships too. What about a dream for a local church that says we can raise up a church to touch a nation, to touch a world, to create schools and Sunday schools and ministries for our kids to grow up in. So it's just not me by myself raising these kids, but there's friends to hang out with and other parents to, to go and, and have sleepovers with that believe like I believe. The, these dreams, it's not just one dream. What is my uh, career path? All of these dreams are embedded in God's word and he's placed them in your heart. I talked to an author, we were talking one day, and we were chatting about, he'd written a book on dreams, and then he began to share with me he wished he'd never written them. And I said, what, what do you mean you wish you never wrote the book? He said, he was a pastor of a large church, he said, well, he said, I started preaching on dreams and visions, and every one of my staff left and did their own thing because they had to be number one. I said, that's the problem with North American dreams and visions. It's all about us being number one, but you can't find it anywhere in Jesus' teaching. You can't find, okay, in your life, go for the top spot. Be number one. Be the best so we create this competitive culture where you're not fulfilling your dream unless you're at the top of that organization, number one. And you can't even exist around people who are better than you because of this flawed teaching and dreaming makes you not want to hang out with them until you're better than them. This is competition. The Bible says those who compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. Why? Because you're always going to meet somebody better than you. Can you smile and enjoy them and, and encourage them? Or are you going to just going to compete with them? A family that competes with each other is a family that is destined to fail. But a family that celebrates one another is a family that can grow through every season. A marriage that competes with each other won't make it. But a marriage that celebrates each other can go on and on. God, when he said to us, if you desire, let him who desires to be great, Jesus said, let him be the servant of all. In other words, with the gift that you have, serve people with it. It doesn't mean walk around with this phony humility. No, no. What's that? That's just a religious phoniness. Serve God with your gift. What's your gift? Someone came up to me one time and they said, you know, I have a bit of a problem with you. I said, okay, why is that? Well, you keep talking about being a servant. And when we set up chairs, you never help. I thought it was a good point. I said, you know, the Bible says to serve God with the gift that you have. 
I said, so I could set up chairs while people stand in lines just wanting prayer because they've lost somebody and they're dying of cancer. But you can't get to Leon because he's busy rolling up a carpet or setting up a chair. I said, have you ever heard any stories of Jesus rowing the boat or was he always asleep in the bow? That stumped them. Why? Because the best gift for Jesus that served was to heal the sick and to preach on the seashore till he was so tired he had to sit down at a well. They had to find him some food. He was in a physical body. You know, if, if a person's a chef, don't make him set up chairs. Put him in the kitchen. If a person's a brain surgeon, I don't want him cleaning up the garbage. Put him in the OR. This phony religious humility stinks. Serve God with your gifts. Do it with a sense of humility. In other words, I just give, give God all the praise for the gift that's within you. I was thinking this one through one time when we were doing a series, and I said, here's how I help people. You can think as high of yourself as you want as long as you do two things. Number one, truly give God the credit for the gifts he put in you. And number two, esteem everybody else greater than you. <laughs> so as high as you think of yourself, everyone else is higher. There's a great, great uh, ingredient list to, to look after that. There are dreams on the inside of you. Your beliefs are the only thing limiting it. Well, Leon, I really feel the devil. He's been working on me overtime, and I think he's really got me down, and I don't think I can get very far. Okay, let's just deal with that. If you believe the devil can stop you, he can. Because all he has is your power. He is powerless. Jesus stripped him and said, I have all the power and all the keys, and then he gave them to you. So the only way the devil's got power in your life is if you believe he does, which is why I refuse to give him any power. Even when a problem arises in my life, people go, it's the devil. I go, no, he ain't that strong. What do you mean? The devil doesn't have the power to stop you. He doesn't have the power to destroy your marriage. He doesn't have the power to take your kids. He hasn't got the power to kill you. He doesn't have the power for anything. But if he can get you to believe something enough, then according to your faith, so be it done unto you. I worked with a guy who believed he was going to die at 40 because his dad did and his dad's dad did. And he died at 40 of the craziest accident we'd ever seen. Was it the devil? Well, I guess if he could get him to believe that. So what do you believe? What are the beliefs that are on the inside of you? Do you believe that the head of you is an amazing life? Or are you already gotten cynical? Do you believe that your marriage can get better, that your family can get stronger? Do you believe that the church you're in, you're here with a gift, and the gift that you've got is going to be a vital part? Do you believe that we can impact a nation? What do you believe? Because Jesus said, all things are possible to those who love God. No, it's not what he says. All things are possible to those who pray. Nope. All things are possible to those who go to church. Nope. All things are possible to him who believes. These beliefs of the heart According to Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life, the boundaries of life. Where your life can and can't go is not being determined by the devil. 
where your life can and can't go is not being determined by God. Where your life can and can't go is not determined by the color of your skin, your mama, your papa, your pastor, or anything. It is simply relegated by the beliefs of your heart. And that's why Jesus came and said, I am the way. Not only am I the way, because you can try to follow the way, but you better know the truth, because that though how you follow the way is determined by the truths that you believe in your heart. And I'm the life. I mean, all three, not only do you have the path, the way, which Jesus will guide you in, he's got his truth, so you're not going to be conflicted in your heart, and he's the life, which means when you do it, you're lit up, you're filled with life. It's Jesus. I want you to wake up to this one fact. God doesn't make junk, and he made you. You were designed in heaven, created by God, placed on this planet. Don't care how you got here. Could have been an accident, could have been planned. God knows the future. He knew you were coming. And he's created a path for you. Psalms 139, which I referred to earlier, says that he, he's trying to get us to understand how amazing God's plans are. And so the, the writer of the Psalms says, God's plan for you is written in a book. And every day is a separate page. And everything on that page is all good. Nothing negative. All good. Now, will we have storms and trials? Yes. But that's not because God wrote it into your life. It's because your great-grandma Eve and your great-grandpa Adam made a decision that, that hurt the way God had it designed. God never designed sin and the enemy on the planet. He designed Adam and Eve in the garden, said they could be fruitful and multiply, and he said you could spread this garden around the planet. That was his whole plan. He already had a plan for cities and theaters. He already had a plan for metals and cars. He already had a plan for rockets and satellites. Really? Well, you think we're going to just sit in the garden and drink carrot juice? <laughs> He's the one that put gifts. In a, he, all that was planned without sin, without the heartache. But Eve and Adam made this decision. You can talk to them when you get to heaven. But that wasn't good. This is not God's original plan. But in the midst of all this, God will take you. And he'll see you through all that is going on. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But I really want you. My time is up. I want you to dream again. And if you don't know what to dream about, go to God's word. Find a promise and begin to dream it. Like dream about your marriage. Dream about your family. Dream about health again with you smiling. Dream of you full of joy, not depressed. Dream about a church that you're in as a vital part using your gifts and abilities. And together, we're touching a nation, the world. Begin to dream like you used to dream. And that dream will begin to wake up things around you. You'll begin to look at things and faith will rise up on the inside of you because once you begin to dream, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Another translation, where there is no prophetic revelation. What was that? Really religious people think a prophetic revelation of God. Okay. Sitting in circles, concentrating on what God looks like is not going to get us anywhere. 
The prophetic revelation is talking about is you having revealed to you who you are, who God is, who Jesus is, what the future can look like for you, and get up and bring glory to God by using every gift and every desire and every passion that's on the inside of you. Get up and live so big the world gasps at what God can do through a person. Get up and live with a marriage and a family and a friendship and a person that can walk through trials and heartaches and just smile and keep going. Don't let the enemy lie to you because that's all all he's got. Dream. Dream again. Dream. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Leon Fontaine. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.